and biblical evidence of indiscriminate anointings. And what do I mean by that? Well, um, the problem with it, we, we see it taking place in a lot of um, parts of the church today is that the doctrine of the laying of hands is not very clearly understood. It's actually not very widely taught in the church, even though it's one of the foundation doctrines um, that is revealed to us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. And so because there is this lack of understanding about the doctrine of the laying of hands, what you find is that in certain churches, and again within certain ministries, there is this uh, indiscriminate um, process of laying on hands. So what does that mean? Well, it means pretty, pretty much this. That is, Satan's ministers have no problems laying on hands on anybody and everybody that they come into contact with. However, that should not be the case with regards to the ministers of the Lord. They should be more discerning, and we have, we'll have a look at Scripture along this line. Um, they should be more discerning as to who they lay hands on and when they lay hands on individuals as well. And so, as I say, it's because of the unscriptural use of the laying on of hands that there has been pretty much uh, an impact on the church in that a lot of unclean spirits had gained access to the church through this indiscriminate use of the laying on of hands. Now, as I say, it's purely due to a lack a large part uh, to a lack of, of knowledge it's ignorance on, on the part of the church now Satan uses that to his advantage and so where he sees that the church is ignorant he then encourages them to practice a certain practice which is contrary to sound doctrine and when he can get the church into that place well then he, ha he has a right to um, be able to exert influence and that's what he's been able to do now as what we'll see in, in today's teaching is that one of the main reasons, because the, the Bible is very clear to us about this, is that we're not to be hasty in laying hands on any individual. And so again, getting back to the, the, the concept of today's teaching, we said that we had those four main biblical evidences that we can use to benchmark supernatural manifestations that occur within the church to say to ourselves well is this the work of God or is this the work of another spirit and so we've had a look at consistent manifestations as the one biblical evidence we've had a look at the confirmation of the word of God as the second biblical evidence and today we're having a look at this um, subject of indiscriminate anointing or a free-for-all basically with regards to the laying on of hands and so one of the main reasons as to why it is that the uh, Holy Spirit um, instructs the saints and the believers to be cautious in the laying of hands is because of sin. Sin, if you understand uh, the concept biblically, and as I say, have a look at some scripture along this line, um, can be likened unto a virus. And just like any virus, um, a virus can spread. Um, so one can become contaminated through contact with a person who's carrying a virus and thus themselves become contaminated with the same, the same virus. Now sin has that same effect. Um, Paul, in, in talking about 
and the contamination effect of sin. He doesn't speak about a virus. Obviously, they didn't understand the concept of a virus in Paul's day. But what he does speak about is leaven. And his comment to the church on more than one occasion is that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And so what Paul is, the concept, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is trying to get across to the church through that analogy is that, guys, don't play around with this stuff because just a little bit of it will influence all of it. And so there's the contamination effect coming through. And so as I, 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 I liken sin to a sin virus, and as a virus can spread through contamination, so sin can also spread through contamination. Let's have a look at an Old Testament passage of Scripture that kind of illustrates that particular truth to us. We pick it up in Leviticus chapter 24, verse 10 to 15. The scripture says, Now the son of an Israelite woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel. And this Israelite woman's son and a man of Israel fought each other in the camp. And the Israelite woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. And so they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shalemeth, the daughter of Gibri of the tribe of Dan. Then they put him in custody that the mind of the Lord might be shown to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take outside the camp him who has cursed. Then let all who heard him lay their hands on his head and let all the congregation stone him. Then you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, Whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. And so here's um, a, a, a scriptural account of this picture of the contamination of sin. Because what we see taking place here is this um, Egyptians and Israelites' son um, had cursed and blasphemed God. Now, other Jews around this person on, on that occasion had heard him do that. They'd heard him curse and they'd heard him blaspheme God. They bring the individual to Moses and they want to now find out what are we supposed to do. Moses goes before the Lord and the Lord said, this is what you have to do. And um, the Lord's commandment to them was that they had to stone him and kill him. And so under the old covenant, what you find is that in order for God to remove sin from the camp, the person actually had to die. Think about Achan. He committed sin when Israel went and um, took down Jericho, and he took some of the cursed stuff for himself. But the whole nation suffered as a result of his sin. Again, can you see the contamination effect of sin affecting a little leaven, leavening the whole lump? And so in this case over here, well, again, getting back to the Old Covenant, the way that God dealt with sin was he removed the carrier of sin by destroying the individual. They, they, were, they were killed. Under the New Covenant, God doesn't do that. Under the New Covenant, we see the principle of quarantine taking place. You say, what does that mean? Well, um, if again, you go back and look at Paul's writings. Uh, quite often in the New Testament, in his epistles, he talks about when a, uh, a saint is living in uh, a lifestyle of practice sin, that the rest of the saints are not to fellowship with them. And one of the reasons is, is because a little leaven leavens a whole lump. 
Paul goes on to say, uh, evil company corrupts good habits. And so Paul would have, well, the Holy Spirit would have the church withdraw themselves from a, a, a fellow believer who's practicing sin because he does not want, the Holy Spirit does not want the rest of the believers to become, become contaminated with that self-same sin and thus fall into that self-same sin. So under the new covenant, quarantine takes place. Under the old covenant, it was destruction. God used to destroy the carrier of the sin virus. Now, before, in this instance here, before God instructs them to stone the individual, what does God instruct them to do? He says that those who heard the individual uh, curse um, and blaspheme God were to place their hands on the individual first, on the head of the individual, before he was stoned. Now, why did God want that to happen? Well, it, were, it symbolized a transference of the sin back to the originator of the virus, the sin virus. And so in that manner, God was able to deal with the sin that had spread to the, uh, the rest of the Jews who had heard what had transpired. And so God transferred the sin back onto the originator of the sin virus and then destroyed that originator. And so that's kind of the, the concept that we get across uh, from that passage with regards to this contamination effect of sin and what the laying of hands actually does do. It was this transference of sin back onto the originator of the sin virus in this particular act. Now we bring that concept over into the new covenant and we see the Apostle Paul teaching us pretty much along the same lines. Look at this passage of scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 19 to 24. The scripture says, Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. And those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Verse 22, do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Verse 24, some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. And so very clearly in this passage of scripture, the Holy Spirit is admonishing the saints through his apostle that we're not to be hasty in laying hands on anyone. We must not uh, rush into this practice. And why does he um, um, give us that admonition? Why does he kind of warn us along this line? Well, he links it very clearly to sin because he says, nor share in other people's sins, keep yourself pure. And that whole passage we just read is talking about sinning amongst elders. And so, Paul is trying to get the concept across to us, well, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is trying to get across the concept to us that through the laying on of hands, there can be a transference of sin that takes place. And he wants us to keep ourselves pure. We're not to become, become contaminated with uh, sin in an individual through the laying on of hands because that contamination effect can and does take place. And that is why we have to be 
guarded in this particular aspect, in, in this particular ministry of the laying on hands. Now, um, that particular teaching seems to contradict what our Lord taught. For our Lord taught us very plainly, uh, these signs shall follow them that believe, that one of the, th the signs, they shall lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And so, you know, under the, 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 the uh, Great Commission, our Lord is encouraging His saints to go out and to lay hands on people, specifically the sick. But He also talks about casting out demons. So, you know, why is the Lord giving us one instruction and the Apostle Paul seemingly giving us another instruction? Well, it, it's not the case at all. In, in the, the Great Commission, the Lord is talking to His saints about going out and preaching the gospel to the unsaved. And so when He says, they shall lay their, these signs shall follow them that believe, they shall lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover, our Lord is talking primarily about the saints laying hands on unbelievers. Um, Paul is not. Paul is talking about saints laying hands on fellow saints. And so when it comes to believers laying hands on unbelievers, unbelievers are sinners. They're, they're, that's all they know. They're, they're classified as sinners in Scripture. And so it's not sin in the unbeliever that can affect a believer because we need to understand the concept. The concept is that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Okay, Now, the Christian is a made of a different lump to the unbeliever. The unbeliever is made of another lump. So leaven in their lives do not impact on the believer because we have been transferred, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love, Jesus our Lord. So we're sons of light. And so as such, there is now the separation that has taken place between the, the saint and the unbeliever in the, in the world. And so sin in an unbeliever cannot affect the saint through the laying on the hands. I'm, st I'm, I'm staying with that uh, practice in this context of this teaching. And so it, it makes no impact on believers when they lay hands on unbelievers. Whatever sin they might be practicing has no impact on the believer. There's no transference of sin that can take place because there is this separation. The only transference that takes place when believers lay their hands on unbelievers is the transference of, for argument's sake, the healing anointing that flows out of the hands of the believers into the bodies of the unbelievers and thus affecting the healing that takes place. So the, the transference um, of anointing goes only in one direction, never the other direction. And so that is why it's, it's, it's a commandment of the Lord, really, that believers should lay their hands on unbelievers because there's no danger there, so to speak. There's no, there's no um, possibility of any sin in the unbeliever's life impacting on the life of the believer. But when we come across into the church now, one believer laying hands on another believer, they are both of the same lump. And so leaven in that part of the, of the lump can therefore affect leaven in this part of the lump. So that's why the Apostle Paul says to us, uh, do not lay hands hastily on anyone. Now he's talking within the church context because that passage is talking about sin in, in um, elders. So he's talking about sin in believers. That whole co uh, context of that passage we read 
He's talking about sin in believers, not sin in unbelievers. And so it is very possible for a transference of sin to take place from the, the person that um, I'm laying hands on, if they have unconfessed sin in their lives, I can be impacted by that sin if I go lay hands on them. I'm not, uh, that's why Paul said, keep yourself pure. Don't uh, allow yourself to be contaminated by sin in a fellow believer through the mechanism of the laying on of hands. And so Paul is warning us and the Holy Spirit warns us about this um, issue and we need to take it to heart. So how does that work? Why would that work? Well, in most instances, when we lay hands on fellow believers, let's just stay with fellow believers now, we are doing so in order to bless them for whatever reason, whether it be for healing, whether it be to impart uh, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, whatever it might be. But uh, there's a, a transference of blessing from the initiator to the receiver. Now, a problem can and does arise. Let's talk about healing for argument's sake as, as an example. The individual, the saint, now don't forget, unbelievers is a different category entirely and it doesn't fall within the parameters of today's discussion. This is now believers laying hands on fellow believers. And so the, the one who is being um, prayed for and about to have hands laid, ha hands laid on them because they are sick. It might be that the un it might be that that particular saint has been judged by the Lord with sickness because of unrepentant sin in their lives, and the Lord does that. One Corinthians eleven thirty to thirty two. You can go read the account. Um, Paul talks about the Lord chastening his church with sickness, uh, weakness, and even early death. And so, one of the mechanisms that the Lord uses to bring his saints back into fellowship with him because they are walking in unrepentant sin is he allows sickness to come upon their bodies. Now, the Lord's judged that individual with that sickness because he wants that person to wake up and realize I'm actually out of line, I need to repent of my sin. Now for another believer to come along and lay their hands on that unrepentant um, believer who is living in uh, a practice in a lifestyle of sin, well now this saint is now going against the will of God because God's judged that saint with sickness and now I'm coming along and I'm telling the sickness to leave the body. So who am I going against? I'm going against God. And so it, it is quite possible that the Lord did therefore hold me accountable as being complicit because I'm encouraging this person to uh, be healed. Don't worry about sin in your life. You know, let's just get rid, get rid of the sickness. And that's one of the reasons why the Apostle James, when he talks about elders laying their hands on fellow believers to be healed, he, he links that concept, you go read James chapter 5, he links that concept very strongly to dealing with sin. He says if any, um, when, when you lay hands on the individual, if there's any sin, uh, this, their sin will be forgiven. And then he encourages them to confess their faults one to another, that they may be healed. So in other words, the elders are meant to first uh, speak to the believer, do you have any unrepentant sin in your life? Yes? Okay, well let's get rid of that and then we can pray for you and lay hands on you so that the Lord can heal you. 
but to just arbitrarily go up to a person, lay hands on them, may the Lord bless you, and that person is living a, a, in unrepentant sin, that now is going contrary to the judgment of the Lord. And the believer who's laying hands on the individual is now stepped into a dangerous uh, realm. And so that's one of the reasons why it is that the Holy Spirit counsels believers to not be hasty in laying hands on individuals. We need to be guarded in this area. And as I say, if the doctrine of the laying on of hands, because that is a foundation doctrine in the church, if that doctrine was taught correctly in the church, we wouldn't have this problem. But what you find is, as I say, ministers of Satan have no problem with laying hands on anybody and everybody um, that comes up for have to have hands laid hand, hands laid on them, um, in order that some supernatural power can be imparted to them, and that is erroneous. And so, wherever we see the practice taking place of the so-called minister um, arbitrarily just you know, calling everybody up, come, I'll just uh, lay hands on you and the power of God will come upon you and you'll be blessed. Um, well, that's not the Bible. That's not what the Holy Spirit actually counsels us to do. He tells us we're actually to be uh, discriminate about this and not indiscriminate about this. And so it's a, a red flag that should go up when we see ministries and churches that could care less about who they lay hands on and when they lay hands on individuals and imparting whatever power they impart to those individuals. Now there is the other aspect as well and that is the person who is laying hands on, on an individual may themselves also be living in unrepentant sin and in fact it might even be um, a demon that's driving them in that sin. Now for that person to lay hands on a, a, a fellow believer um, well, that's a dangerous place to be because there can now be a transference of sin in the other direction as well. And so we're to treat this in a very guarded manner. Um, we're going to discuss it a little bit more because the Bible also teaches, gives us some guidelines along this line. But one of the main guidelines uh, the Holy Spirit gives us in this area is we're not to be hasty in this. And so, as I say, you get ministers of the gospel, so to speak, who in their meetings are quite free to just lay hands on anybody and everybody um, matters not to them and you know you see supernatural manifestations taking place well the holy spirit counsels us not to do that and so it kind of just points us to the fact that the supernatural manifestations are then maybe not of the holy spirit maybe it's another spirit that is operating through that particular minister's ministry We'll end the teaching on that particular.